Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Nathan Bartleball. Nathan, what is going on, man? Hey, I'm still here. Sure. Yeah. House now. Yes, we had, uh, we were, we were rocking and rolling with the podcasts and then, uh, it was coming up on June and I was like, uh, we got to try to get some recordings in before we move because there's no way I'm going to have time to do it. And we never ended up doing it. So we are in July now and back to it and joining us for this, uh, resurgence of our podcast, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? What's up players? <laughs> um, man, I miss saying that. Uh, well, we were in our little pre-chat before you went live with us, Nathan. I was enjoying catching up with both you dudes. Had a yeah. lot going on. And uh, congrats on the new digs, Thank Mr. You, Bell. Sir. Thank you. You enjoy it. Uh, uh, and you, you got away from some really nefarious characters on that street. <laughs> and we don't have to name guys like Andrew and Al and such. But we'll just uh, we'll, we'll let the audience do their own research. Um, <laughs> but, no, I, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm pumped for you. And Mr. Barterball has got me pumped about his talk about taking the kids to a drive-in movie theater. I got to follow suit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Nathan, we we were talking uh, earlier in the day. We're going to be going ahead and doing our um, summer of '89 uh, next week. And we thought that you know you're going to be taking your kids to the drive-in. You're going to see Jaws and Jurassic Park. And so I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a a good one to to bring us into that summer of '89. Uh, episode we're going to do next week. So looking forward to hear your report about how it went with the kiddos. Yeah, yeah, I am. That's going to be a lot of fun. We took, I took my son. Well, yeah, I think you came out last yeah. year. We actually yep. took my son to go see Jaws at the Senator Theater. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be fun to go. But the kids have never been to a drive-in movie theater, so we're excited. And that's the oh, only that's choice awesome. right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. We've had uh, – I kept waiting for the – a couple weeks ago we had E.T. and Back to the Future, which are both really good. And they've, they've both seen those. They've seen Jurassic Park and, and Jaws as well. But we just didn't get a chance to go then. So I think this will be – will be the right time but the issue of course is like jaws it's it's funny actually that they chose to play jaws first i like that they did i think jaws is a little mm. bit of a better movie than jurassic park mm-hmm. uh, i like them both though and they're playing jaws first and jurassic park plays at 11 45 and that's kind of interesting because i mean i don't think jaws is technically rated r but you know right. it probably is closer to an r-rated movie than jurassic park is these days no doubt right. and no doubt. um not that that stopped me from showing a six-year-old <laughs> and a nine-year-old, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. Um, <laughs> you know what, uh, dude grabs me about that? Okay, dating myself here is the oldest among us. Uh, Jurassic Park came out, by my calculations, uh, what, 18 years after Jaws. Um, and Jaws came out, dude, am I right? What was it? Uh, 75, right? 45 years ago, is that right? Yes, 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 it is, because it just last week, or was it this week, had its 45th anniversary. Wow. And dude, that, I mean, I was five when that thing came out, and uh, obviously didn't see it then. But you know what, I, every, I don't know if you guys feel like this, whenever Jaws is on, it's like last time when I talked about Shawshank, I always watch it, wherever it is, whenever it's on TV, at whatever scene, I pick it up from there and watch it the whole way through. I mean, it holds up all yeah. that time. It's incredible. Uh, with Bruce the puppet and <laughs> you know, all that stuff. It's incredible. Love it. Yep. Yep. Such a great classic. And so we're looking forward to 
Looking forward to talking about that and then jumping into our summer of 89 episode that we're going to do next week. And then the week after, just for those of you who have been tuning in and staying with us uh, over uh, the past several months, we're going to be doing our uh, Lord of the Rings, the two towers episode. So Nathan and I will get on and we'll discuss that the week after. So that's in two weeks. And then we'll give the date for our live discussion that we're going to do for that one. Uh, I think that was a really good one that we did with the live discussion last time we did it. So we'll plan to do that one again. So um, guys, it's good to have you both on here, Greg. I know that you've got to uh, your time is more limited on here. So we want to, we want to dive right in. Um, First uh, you know, there's, there's a lot that's gone on um, in the over a month since we've recorded Um, And we're not going to uh, sit here and, you know, really dive into um, the riots and all the things that happened back in early uh, end of May, early June. But we do want to um, touch on it and, you know, let people know, obviously, we're aware of everything that happened. Um, And uh, Greg and Nathan, I want to give you guys um, a little bit of a chance to to respond kind of retroactively in hindsight about things that have been going on. Um, I find, I find whatever situation is going on nowadays. um, I I think it's, I think disturbing is, is a good word for it because it seems to not have any life or traction to it. You know, these Mm. issues that come out are very important, but they have their two week Facebook, uh, Facebook spots and, and highlights they're 15 minutes of fame, so to speak, and then they're left in the wind. Um, and I feel like this is no exception. My brother-in-law, who's a capital city police officer, uh, during the week that all these things were going on and you had all these riots going on in down in D.C., he was actually scheduled to be away on vacation, so he didn't have to come back. Came back a week later, and he was basically put on the soft squad, where if something happens, we may call mm. you out. Yeah. And, and he was like, nothing nothing happened. You know, there, there, it really, it was all the intensity happened the week before when all of this happened around the country. And then it was just silent. Um, and, and I feel like that's really disturbing because I think with situations like that, um, the message and the importance of the message gets lost in the hype of the news and the media, um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Hmm. Well, dude, I mean, I, that was well said, Nathan. I the, the standout for me is, um, you know, the way I've tried to position myself in a pastoral sense, mm-hmm. use that overly formal uh, adjective, mm-hmm. is uh, to posture myself as a listener and to say, hey, why don't we just try to listen? Because I don't know. It's times like this in, with, in the speed of information is just, it's in hyperdrive. Things come out every day. And I start thinking, okay, to keep it up with this discussion, mm-hmm. and do I have to become an expert on uh, everything from um, critical race theory mm-hmm. to Black Lives Matter origins and agenda and all those things? to the history of the civil rights movement. Probably like most people, I know some things about each one of those things. Yeah. But the degree of confidence that people speak out of their perspective, 
um, is very pressuring. That's how I've described it to other pastors I've talked to. It just feels very overwhelming. So I've, I've just kind of chosen in this time myself and other people make different choices to say, um, listen, if you're looking what, you know, what to do as a Jesus follower, mm-hmm. um, listening and loving, you can't go wrong, right? Yeah. If you just say, I'm going to listen to what people say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll listen to anybody. I listen to the, the folks that are hitting, you know, and it's the same with COVID, right? The thing is a hoax. It's overhyped or it's more serious than we thought. Trump is the devil. Trump is an angel. Everything in between. I'll listen to it mm-hmm. uh, because I'm finding if I give a person maybe my attention, mm-hmm. that that bodes better for relationships, mm. for opportunities to point people to Christ. Uh, so that's kind of how I've landed not that it's answers everything, but I have felt very overwhelmed and Facebook is a dumpster fire. So those yeah. are my comments. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'll Good let comments. Arnold jump in on that. You know, what he thinks. But yeah, Nathan. Facebook is a dumpster fire. Oh, <laughs> goodness. I mean, lately I've been taking refuge in in horror movie forums, if that tells you anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. I found We're that the just, horror community is actually quite quite a gentle sort. In, in less reality, stress. less. Nah, they're yeah, stress. they're cool. Yeah. You you get it all out um, by watching people tack people up with chainsaws. That's you know, oh that's my hard. goodness! Wow. <laughs> but but seriously, not to make any kind of joke about that, it is a dumpster fire. I, I know what you're saying, Greg, uh, and I do agree. I think that we need to listen. We have to pay attention, and I find a lot of what's going on heartbreaking. I think I think it's important to remember the reasoning that's going on beneath a lot of these things, um, particularly starting with it was very shocking. And I'm, you know, yeah, uh, you, we have three white guys are sitting here talking. But again, I think if three white guys aren't paying attention and willing to contribute to putting an end to some of these things that are going on in regards to the racial imbalance. I think it does absolutely exist. You can't watch a man with his knee on another guy's neck, regardless of what brings the two to that spot. Um, there've been some others, the, the one, and, and you know, it's like you said, there's so much going on that I realize how little I know and how little has passed me by. Uh, they, the, the recently they were talking about the young boy with autism. I don't know if you saw that one and it was last year. And while he was killing, while he was being killed, essentially, he was saying, please, I'm different, but I'm still okay. I'm like, can you imagine oh, I, if I'm in a I position where I have to say, I know I'm different? Can you imagine yeah. if I'm knowing that my last words are going to be, I know uh, I'm different? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I can't, if I can't conceive of that, but, you know, love is a good keyword, I suppose. And it's a word that we like to use a lot, but I don't know. I think sometimes love, particularly from the Christian perspective, does mean trying to like walk a little bit in other people's shoes and understand it. And we just mm-hmm. have to admit that we just do not, you know? And yeah. I realize that a part of the reason I can't because of the color of my skin, I don't, don't mean that in any kind of woke fashion, but I just think it's a reality, you know? Yeah. When I hear my friends and my family talk about what their experience is like because of this one distinctive factor and the fact that it still exists and the fact that I have to sit and tell my son, who's like, wait, I thought that was gone a long time ago. Well, no, it's not. And it's now time that you understand that it's not gone. And yeah. Um, I think as Christians, we do want to listen. We don't want to love. The one thing I won't listen to, though, and unfortunately, it's on Facebook, and it is mired even in with good intention people, is hate. 
I realize. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Oh, there's yeah. a lot totally of hate agree. sown yeah. through even people who think they're being, you know, um, I don't want to get into like politically, but you know, I'll, I'll see people talk for hours and hours about what should happen to statues, but they will quickly defer the discussion about race and say we've always had those problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I know I, I don't think you're making a lot. There's of There's a problem if we're if we're if we're at that point. There's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. I, I'll tell you guys, it's an issue uh, for us. You know, my my daughter uh, goes to a college with a Civil War general in the name, and that that's been a discussion for uh, uh, years. There, even before she went there, she's about to uh, start her her junior year there. Uh, if there is a there this year, who knows? You know, where mm-hmm. everything is tentative with with COVID, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think what you said there is very telling. And part of the listening, look, it, it varies from person to person. We're white, middle-class dudes, right, fellas? So mm-hmm. I think we know some things. There's some things we know intellectually. We don't know experientially. People um, listen to this podcast know we don't know a lot, but I'm learning right. to know even less. <laughs> we do know a lot of useless trivia. Uh, Bell and I can quote many, many lines from Ash versus the Evil Dead, and uh, we can blend the rest. I'm sure. Yes, we can speak more confidently on those things. I'll speak less confidently on a complex, racially nuanced issue or something. But no, I think um, it, I, my point is that you kind of know where you start, know where your limitations are, and again, I think if we think experientially. Rather than intellectually, it helps because I think people are so quick to go to what they know or think they know intellectually. And to me, this whole thing going on is kind of like marriage counseling. Guys, in all the marriage counseling I've done, it seems like it would be easier to get there. Uh, Now, I'm going to overgeneralize a little bit here, and I think you'll, you'll track with me. This can go from wife to husband, husband to wife, but typically what I see is a wife will share her frustrations and chronicle Mm -hmm. three or four things that are really weighing her down. And when I ask the husband to respond, typically the response is, is, well, you shouldn't feel that way because ABC, XYZ. And I try to get people to see, and I have to see it myself, that it that's not the starting point, right? I mean, the, right? The starting point should be, this is how she feels. So mm-hmm. if you don't validate the feeling, there's, you're, you're not going to go anywhere in the discussion. And I think people are so quick, if somebody with an opposing viewpoint says, hey, I feel this way, we are equipped with our own arsenal of intellectual arguments, etc., to pull out argument number three, because that one really buries that. And we're telling the person, I think unintentionally, I don't care how you feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's often the, I listen to that. Look, I, I, um, I'll pick, well, I'm not hiding anybody's names. Ben Shapiro has a popular phrase, and, and there's truth in it. it. says, facts don't care about your feelings. And I see people wearing that on T-shirts and that sort of thing. My response to that is, yeah, but dude, feelings matter. Let me let me also. This is going to be snarky, but I don't really care. So the people that wear that facts don't care about your feelings yeah. are also ones that are crying when they change Splash Mountain. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> hey, we can all speak to that with personal experience, right? No, it's uh, there's a lot of truth in that, dude. You're right. You know, there's when it hits when it intersects with us, we 
we care. Which I think and is I, largely part of this problem is the fact that we can we can kind of distance ourselves from it because it isn't directly affecting us. But then when you see extreme actions, it's because extreme actions try to get uh, attention, right? Your attention. If I continue not to pay attention to you, I will eventually have to like bring it directly to your front yard, right? To your front doorstep to yes. get you to hear me and hear my yep. voice. And when it's been this long, you know, let's go, let's, I don't want to wait until it's on my doorstep. It kind of is, but yeah. Uh, well said. Well said. Yeah, did we, uh, now, uh, Brother Bell, did we delicately address those issues? Not <laughs> <laughs> as delicately as three white mountain. dudes can, right? <laughs> you can, you mean, can cut the Splash Mountain line if you need to. Yes. Hey, I will in that since I asked that. I love the Splash Mountain line, dude. Leave that. Um, that's, that's my vote. Well, they're leaving it. They're just turning it into the Princess and the Frog. Right. <laughs> No, no, they they are. That's what they're doing with it. It's oh, remaining oh, is that right? in its essence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what the issue is. I see. Okay, yeah. I got you. Well, I would, um, I would say to that that I am concerned, and I don't have the answers to it. You know what's often called the whole cancel culture thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure how that plays out. I can speak from experience that when issues are heated which they are more heated than ever right now. And since I'm in a profession, a profession where speaking to issues is kind of uh, assumed, um, there's fear there. I, I, mm-hmm. I want that. You guys may or may not have seen Lou Giglio, who I think has been a very strong um, spokesperson uh, mm-hmm. you know, from a, a Christian sort of pastoral perspective for racial reconciliation for years. I mean, I've heard him talk about these things for years. Mm-hmm. And I think being centered in Atlanta, a whole different uh, context there, a whole different history with the civil rights movement, et cetera. Um, this is an issue that has uh, concerned him for years. He did an event, you may or may not have seen, with Lecrae, yeah. and I think there were one or two other folks there. And he, uh, he's apologized many times. He has mis- he misspoke. Yeah. I, I get that from a pastoral perspective since I misspeak all the time, every single week. Mm-hmm. It may be a minor thing, but often, you know, I, when I talk to people, I say, oh, my goodness, I see what you're saying. Um, that wasn't carefully worded. And you apologize. You contextualize it. And hopefully you move on. But there is uh, – I've read a lot of the comments. That's the dumpster fire portion uh, from all <laughs> across the spectrum. And the amount of people that demand kind of an instant punishment, um, yeah. it, it concerns me. Yeah. It, it concerns me because I don't think we're going to make any progress if we're afraid to speak, um, which carries what with was, it. Well, what said, uh, Greg, I just don't because I don't know that situation. I just uh, yeah, he I tend uh, to agree with what you're saying, but I'm afraid I don't know what the guy I, I actually what you said. Mean. So yeah, well, again, here's a very overly simplified, condensed version. He was doing this panel. If I if I remember rightly. Martin Luther King's daughter was supposed to be at that event and was sick or something or, or couldn't be there. And I knew Lecrae was there. And I think there may have been one or two others. And Louis Giglio was speaking about slavery and he's trying to address the ever delicate subject of white privilege. And he used the phrase in connection to slavery, white blessing which definitely had the sound and the smack of it. Lecrae himself has said he was uncomfortable when Giglio said it. It has the sound of, hey, slavery really worked out for white people. It was a blessing. 
Um, I, I've seen Giglio address this now in four or five different venues. I mean, I don't know the man from Adam, but based on everything I can say, it made sense. It was a terrible choice of words. It's not what he sought to communicate and did it really poorly. Feels that he added fuel to an already blazing fire um, and has asked forgiveness of uh, the black community in his church abroad. Anybody that was offended, he understands why. But even in that, I've heard a lot of it doesn't matter. You need to step down. You need to be done, et cetera. And I'm like, wow, that that scares me because I, hear um, it. I think it's a hard one because and again, that's one I don't really know exactly. I mean, that sounds pretty terrible. I will I will say that. I, maybe he was trying to say something else. Uh, oh, sometimes no, it we was try terrible. to make a point. Uh, it was uh, terrible. I and the problem it. is, I, I think that what we are seeing and what we seem to be, what we're noticing is these things just aren't gone, you know, and the past four or five years have just been a reemphasis of this fact. And in this point of weeding it out, you hear something like that and you have to wonder whether it spoke from the heart right. or it's a simple slip up. And I get your fear is like, I am always worried about that, about saying something I said right now, like even the fact of talking about this, like I'm sure 50 minutes, we're like, delete the whole thing, Nathan. Uh, we'll, do it. we'll just talk about movies next week. Um, but I think, you know, uh, the problem is that there is a lot of this. I think we have to, you know, not in a, again, it's not about key phrases or key terms woke, but it's being careful about what you're saying. And I think Agreed. some of this is, is going overly hard to try and justify all these things or try to talk from this, this, this white perspective. And I think a lot of it is just about like Greg, you kind of said, it's a little bit of shut up and listen right now. Yeah. Listen carefully, listen with actual love and understand that there's a lot of your neighbors and your friends and your family who are hurting in ways that you will probably never hurt. And, until and and really, I mean, who can do something about white supremacy? Like not 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 a white supremacist, but if there's this concept of white supremacy, of white privilege, white people do can do something about it. It may you may look at it from well, I can't speak to it, but can I continue to? Can I can I show actual solidarity in a way that isn't um, that doesn't come off as demeaning or doesn't come off as clueless. And I think a lot of what you just said that what he was attempting to do comes off as like, it comes off really twisted at worst. And it, at, at, at best, it just looks like it kind of pathetic, you know, it does. Like, it's wow, tone, it's so, it was very, I think so the word I it was tone deaf, not you know? Um, in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it tone deaf is the word that comes to mind. And, you know, I mean, all obviously we have to be very cautious to, uh, to speak on a personal level. You know, I've talked about my departed friend and mentor, Roscoe, who was a black man who grew up in the Deep South. And um, he was the first person that I ever really talked with about these issues from somebody who experienced segregation, who experienced just really blatant racism. Uh, I grew up in a Kings Mountain, North Carolina, which was a segregated town at the time. And uh, part of it is I can't separate my personal connection to this man that I loved and and aspire to uh, from these discussions because we talked about this stuff all the time. He was so and gracious to me because I would tell him, I said, Roscoe, I feel like I'm going to say something stupid. And he goes, that's all right, because you're going to say something stupid because you're a sinner. I'm going to say something stupid because I'm a sinner. And the freedom we had in that relationship. Now, I think what you're bringing up, Nathan, speaks to public discourse and why it's so much harder because there's not a relationship. Oh, yeah. Right? 
But I um, think like something you said there is like because of the personal relationship you have, and we have to have more than we have to be able to have that. People don't seem to have any creative empathy anymore. And what I mean by creative empathy is not coming up with a creative way, but the ability to even uh, – yes, I can't necessarily understand uh, what you've gone through. But when I don't even try, when I don't even try to think how you may feel or you may think about this thing that I take for granted, I don't think it's a big deal. But you know what? If it's causing you pain, particularly as a child of God and questioning your own worth and things like that. I mean, these things do matter. I am not a fan of the cancel culture. I think that it is very knee jerk. It is very reactionary. Uh, that being said, I don't always see And I'm not a fan of, of banning books and things and stuff like that. However, some of these questions we're having now about certain changes to things that have been the way they've always been, I welcome those things. And I think mm -hmm. that some sure. of them are legitimate. Yeah. No, no. I think that's well said, brother. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, the cancel cul culture, um, I, who doesn't get the impulse? We want people um, to rightly, right, rightly pay for crimes. I mean, the obvious example is somebody, uh, you know, shoots up a, a fast food joint and ruins hundreds of lives when you extrapolate out from those people whose lives were lost, we want that person appropriately penalized uh, and punished. It's a natural human instinct. It speaks of God's heart, justice, etc. And on a personal level, when you start thinking about your kids and think, oh, if my kid ever does something stupid or says something stupid, and they're going to because they're sinners, um, you start weighing that. You know what I mean? It, it's the classic tension yeah. between law and grace is what I see playing out in this. That and uh, I think you need law, but we create There's grace. also a thing, and I think we can probably, I don't know if we can agree on it, but I, I do think there's also sort of that element of, um, like in this situation, right, it, it particularly so in the in the sorts of situations we're talking about, yeah, sometimes when it's like, oh, that person did this, they need to instantly be fired and they need to be removed. And I agree, some of the stuff can move so quickly. I do, I don't, you know, firing and, and what that entails. I think that there is, the problem with some of these situations is you do have people speaking from a very big, uh, you know, stage, if you will. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, Greg, the most people that you and I will ever talk to and the people you talk to will be bigger than probably the, the the audience I have and so on and so forth. But, you know, I think that is there a concern? Okay, my job is not my – it's not my what I, my thoughts I have as a fry cook at McDonald's, right? And mm -hmm. you fired me because you heard me say whatever. Um, this yeah. is a guy who's speaking – uh, and, and, and pastorally, you know, when people are speaking and they're supposed to be representing, in a sense, the Lord and speaking, to, you know, and not representing the Lord, but you know what I mean is like, uh, like people from the outside look at that and they say, okay, that person is a pastor. They're supposed sure. to be, uh, you know, they're, they're unpacking what they believe, you know, God's heart is and they're saying these things. And I, I don't agree necessarily that that is always a correct supposition but i think people look at it and think okay they're speaking they're they're preaching the word of god and they just said that yeah and i think that that's sticky because it's like well that's that might be a very large audience but that's the fear is like we have to remove all the bears and all the you know lions and tigers from the woods so we could just walk along our way happily without right. ever considering what we're going to step on and so life just simply isn't that way you know Dude, was it not Uncle Ben Parker who said, with a great audience?
comes great responsibility or something like that. Um, (laughs) Wasn't it something like that? Um, (laughs) No, I agree. I think there's no doubt about it. You're right. The uh, individual that's just kind of out and about, he's talking to his group of friends, maybe a couple of coworkers. I mean, words always matter, but no, that, that's the classic to me, you know, I guess the biblical way right, to who much is given, much has been required of that given in that scenario is a large audience and a responsibility to shepherd them well. Yeah, I agree. It's significant. Um, Nathan just set us off on this course and let us go. Um, I noticed that. I, noticed <laughs> but I'll say that I do. Yeah. His point is well taken. Like Nathan, what you said, I think is kind of the thing is we're all getting distracted again, right? Like these issues, yeah. the, the, the racial issues that were at the heart of what sparked this are the things I want to see addressed and fixed and changed. Sure. Well and said. these other things are all going to be parts of it, but it's everyone gang piling now, right? Everyone's jumping on right. their preferred element and we're going to lose sight of it. We're going to spend all of our conversations about something else. And it is about love. It is about empathy. And it is about, you know, if, if someone out there is not free in the same way I am, then, you know, what does it matter that I'm free? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And if I don't feel that way, I think that's, that's the issue. You know, I think the people, uh, for me, that's the thing is, okay, if I'm going to love my neighbor, I want to see my neighbor really, truly be as, as free and have the same opportunities that I have. I don't mean in, in every specific way, but there it is. Yeah. Well said. I, dude. So now I'll, I'll kind of jump in here. Um, you know, it's, it's fascinating um, just kind of jumping back and, and um, listening to a lot of what was being said, because I think, I think first we forget, you know, when we're talking about anyone and anything they do, whether they're a believer or not, um, you know, Greg, we've talked about this many times. Look at, look at, you know, the, the church fathers, you know, look at um, Augustine, look at Luther and look at their life. These were not perfect men. And we have the advantage of looking back and actually seeing their imperfections. And yet we're willing to give these people a pass. I mean, you know, Luther for, um, you know, a considerable part of his life was, you know, very, very anti-Semitic. No doubt. Um, and, and you see that in, in much of his writings and things like that. Yet, you know, we still, we bypass those things in the name of history and say, let's just move beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I, I think we've always had the problem, or at least at least recently uh, in the church, we've had the problem of, you know, not being able to look at someone who who is openly seeking forgiveness for something that they genuinely messed up on and just saying, you know what, we're all sinners. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a school teacher or a social worker or uh, a, a car repairman, you know, you're human and you're saved by the grace of God. And that grace is, is renewed each and every day. The Bible tells us, mm-hmm. you know, his mercies are new each and every morning. And we forget that, you know, as big as Lou, Louis Giglio's platform is, you know, can can we acknowledge and accept the fact that that he's as a man of God, and if he truly is a man of God, that that I believe he is. You know, I've I've followed his career a little bit more, um, and and I really I like his preaching. I I've enjoyed the things that he's had to say on all varying issues and how he mm-hmm. 
approaches people and meets people in their needs. Um, that, you know what, even somebody like that, if this is truly the person who he says he is and who I think he is, then he is dealing with that on a level far greater then anything I say about him is going to matter. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a matter that has, has sweeping implications because of his platform. But at at that same time, I believe that he is, he's dealing with that shame and guilt and, and he's got to deal with that, you know, under the discipline of, you know, his conscience and God and his church and all of that stuff. And as a spectator, can I have enough, sense to know that I don't have this relationship with him and to just say, you know what, let that be dealt with because that's not for me to sit here and make judgments on, you know, if it was intentional, then that's for him and his church to, to go ahead and to, to make those, um, you know, arrangements of, Hey, we need to work on, you know, whatever discipline should come out. And if it was an accident and we just, you know, your apology should be sufficient, you know, let that be what it is. See, I think the problem is in America, we feel like we have access to everyone because of the entertainment medium, whether it's church or whether it's Hollywood, whether it's sports, we feel this connection that, you know, Greg, you talked about feelings and I agree our feelings are real and we need to deal with them, but we also have to come to grips with the fact we do not know half of the people we think we know. Oh, sure. That we are not in relationships with these people to be passing these judgments um, on, on, on what is, on what's going on in their hearts. Now we can make a judgment on the situation and say, yeah, that was stupid. You shouldn't have said that. Sure. But going beyond that, that's really not our role in business. And I love the fact that you guys aren't trying to make it your role in your business to do that. And so, you know, let me, let me just say that, but, but I want to, you know, for our listeners out there, I, I, I engage with enough groups and people on Facebook, you know, the dumpster fire as it were. Um, and, and we, we love passing these judgments on people that we have no clue because we feel this connection. You know, I followed Louis Giglio for this long or, you know, and so I feel like I have a right to speak into this situation and what's going on. Or people feel personally betrayed because right. like, like you said, there's this feeling of like, Oh, he's my uncle, but he's not right. You know, or whatever, right. like the, 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 right. the close personal connection that is kind of one of those weird elements. Um, the one and, thing I'll say, like I, yeah, I agree, Nathan. The one thing I would just throw out there and that's the other thing people don't, they want it gone. They don't want to deal with it. Right. Yeah. They don't know. Does anyone want to sit down with Lou and actually talk to him? And right. I can't speak, but if I if it was a mistake, then I think he may – or if he realizes, well, I am thinking about that wrong, I would say – and I, again, this is just my opinion. I would think that as a Christian, as someone who wants to see – you know, God glorified and, 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 and showing love that he, you know, instead of just maybe putting a hasty hand out spoke, if you misunderstood me, let me tell you what I really meant. Or maybe I, and not, not in a sense, oh, he's got to prove something to us or he has to do this. But I think we are at a time where it's like, there's so many people who just want to apologize and move on. And then, and I don't know that this is, is a sin or is this misspeaking? And if it's misspeaking, maybe taking some time to educate himself and yes. then speak again, I think yeah. that's the better way forward here. 
and then people have to be, you know, you're putting yourself back out there. You're being humble, but you're also not just saying I messed up. You know, I, I, and a lot of times when people just want to keep saying, I apologized already. Well, fine, but speak to it, show that you're more than what they think you are. You know? Yeah. I think that's, I love that. That's a key element. And I think, actually, I do think Giglio said, you know, again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't really know that much about him and I didn't know the situation. I was just in a general sense when these things happen. Well, he was by all accounts looks very, you know, from what you can observably tell looks very heartbroken by it. I think it was a a great source of anguish for him. The way he, I've heard him and read some things he's written since then. Mm But I do think one of the things he said that stood out to me, and I, I resonate with this as a pastor, was often, here's the other side of it, you feel like, oh, I've got a, a group of people that I'm responsible to help lead and shape and help them think through their responses to the, the uh, massive shifts in our culture that, that seem to be going on all the time. And there, that can come with an unrealistic timeline uh, where this Sunday I've got to have all the answers. And yeah. I think mm. that, that for pastors to say to their congregations, large or small, hey, let me tell you what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to listen. Um, I, I do want to respond. I, it, there, there's a tightrope there, right? Because obviously we should bring God's word to bear on everything. And there are mm. some things that say, just give me a little more time. Mm-hmm. Most of us have arrived at things that we hold dear we didn't arrive at those because we heard one sermon or read one book, right? We've talked about those with those we trust. They've nuanced our thoughts. They've shaped it. They've challenged us. We've lived it. Yeah, I used to think this, and then I would try this, and I fell flat on my face. Now I've added this tweak to it. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I, I Dude, think- don't tweet. That's, I, I mean, I don't have a lot of, like, absolutes, but don't tweet. <laughs> oh, tweet. No, no, I said tweet. Right, but yeah, oh, tweet. Yes. I didn't mean you tweet specifically, is, but I was just saying, yeah. if I've learned anything, it's don't tweet. Yes, and definitely don't tweet in a stream of consciousness way. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, stream of consciousness tweeting like, is probably you're Frankenstein's not- monster or Tarzan. <laughs> yes, yes. You're probably not going to build the not going to build the healthiest platform. For I like to use cryptic words in all caps with exclamation marks and no <laughs> surrounding context. I like to keep people guessing. <laughs> You're not kidding, dude. I mean, it's the, it's the classic James, right? Be uh, slow to speak, mm-hmm. um, right? Uh, You're quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Um, that, that has to uh, apply. But uh, Mr. Bell, in our old days, our old, these go to 11 days, I think the most listened to podcast, am I right, we ever had was when we had Tully and Chibidjian as a guest. Yeah. Uh, and I remember you made that point, I thought, very well in the days leading up and following, because there was a lot in motion, real time developments. We kind of landed right in the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. When we talked did. to uh, <laughs> Tully, and I remember, because there were things that was crazy. Up I to was it. like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> and then a week later, we got other stuff happening. And I do remember, and uh, Nathan, I thought it was a great point. You you held true to that. That um, you know we we weren't BFFs with Tullian. He he was a guest on a show that we did one night, and uh, you know uh, we um, weren't his best friend. I will say, since then, I do keep in touch with him from time to time uh, mm-hmm. uh, via text. I mean, two or three times a year. Yeah. and uh, I've actually. Uh, reached out to him when I was going through my own wilderness and um, 
you know, when I was uh, clinically depressed, as I've talked about before, and um, got some, some great encouragement. But you said at the time, and I thought you've echoed that here, we're not responsible because we're not the ones in relationship with them. At some degree, you have to trust mm-hmm. the people that are in relational connection with the person in question. Right. In this case, Lou Giglio's leadership team, those that know him the, the best. At some point, you step back and say, look, these guys walk with him every day. They know him. They're going to have a much better sense of his heart than we will. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do have to trust that people – but it does underscore, doesn't it? Beware the person with no accountability. Yeah. Because uh, you know, yeah. if, if, if somebody is showcasing – too, there's that, that fact – um, I won't get into the Tillian thing, but I mean, there, there are differences here between what happens with those two guys. I don't want to remotely. Oh, no doubt about, about the loose situation, but I don't think we can lump that one in with this one. I know you're not, but I just, just to I know. put it out yeah, there. That wasn't clear. Yeah, we are necessarily, yeah. you know, is it misspeaking? Is it a lack of understanding? Is it a lack of misjudging the audience? Or, you know, is a very different situation potentially Agreed. like again Agreed. it's like nathan said we don't know quite how yeah. deep it goes yeah yeah well and i think i think even too we take you know we can take issues um you know in the opposite direction you know nathan you mentioned and and i agree with you that you know that my my brother's freedom you know should be of concern to me you know but i shouldn't try to to empathize so much where I get to the point where I'm like, Oh yeah, I, you know, I, I, I see what you're talking about, man. Yeah. I, I get it. I, I, you know, you can flip so far into the other direction where as a white person, if I try to, you know, sit there and pretend that I'm not and, you know, pretend that oh, I totally yeah, that's, get that's, it and understand that I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot as well that, you know, if, you know, I think, I think what's important for us in times like this is to, you know, stand in solidarity with what is right. And clearly the Bible speaks that, you know, that, that, that we are all free in Christ, that we are brothers and sisters and that God doesn't look on one person with, you know, it says there's neither Jew nor Greek. I mean, you know, if, if we're going to talk about, you know, racial divisions, I mean, you can go all the way back to that comment in the Bible um, and understand that, you know, th- this was a strong racial division. You're either a Jew or you're not. And in the eyes of the Jews, you know, that that's all there is to it. You know, we're God's chosen people. I mean, you know, and, and Greg, you've said it many times, and I think it's so profound. The Bible doesn't condone the the reality of what's going on. It just speaks to it. You know, that the reality of the racial divisions that were going on in in biblical times weren't condoned from the Bible. It's just merely stating this is what's going on. But but we see very clearly God's heart in verses like that. There's neither, you know, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek, you know, male nor female, that that God looks at his children as his children. And there are no upper class citizens or lower class citizens in God's kingdom. Um, and so very, you know, simply understanding that, you know, I, I'm going to speak to the inequality and, and say, you know, this isn't right. And so how are we going to move forward with this and change yeah. this? And I think that's probably one of my biggest disheartening things when it comes to something like this is that, 
you know, there's this sentiment in this cry of, you know, things need to be different and let's change them. And then it goes silent. Yeah. And you, and, and, and you don't, it, until the next big thing happens, you're not going to hear anything about it. And to me, that's, that's sad. Um, and, and I feel like if we keep doing that, we're never going to, we're never going to change anything until we are saying that this is something that we need to be, it needs to be on our hearts and our minds. And we need to be actively pursuing ways in which we can stop this. And, and I say that, fully understanding that, um, you know, I mean, I mean, let's face it. It's like poverty. We're never going to stop poverty. It's, it's, it's sin. It's never going to stop. But as a Christian, how can I actively stand with my brothers and sisters who are facing these issues and support you in a Christ-like biblical way that is going to affect change and that's going to make a difference? Um, and I think that's how we need to approach this, not saying that I stand with you in such a way where I condone everything you do or, I'm, or the opposite way where I'm going to turn a blind eye and ignore everything that's going on. But, but how mm-hmm. can I stand with my brothers and sisters in Christ and, and help you in this and what is going on? And, and well, to sir. go back to what you um, – Greg and Nathan both said the only way we're going to do that is by being in relationship with people and, and listening to them and listening to what they have to say and, and, you know, moving forward hand in hand with them in that direction. Well said. Yeah. uh, Just very quickly, Nathan, um, with what you're saying, I completely agree. And your point that you made there. And when you're saying, when I say empathy, I'm not actually talking about, Someone saying, hey, I know what you mean, man. I can right. totally understand because I actually don't find that to be empathy. I find that to be, you know, it's a, it's a lot of things. We don't yeah. want to feel uncomfortable. We don't want to feel on the outside. We want to show that we are good friends, good neighbors, good Christians. But I mean actual empathy, trying to empathize and understand how another person is feeling. And in doing yes. so, you understand that mm-hmm. if I am coming, if I don't feel safe from – law enforcement that are supposed to keep me safe, if I don't feel equal with people directly next to me that there's no other discernible difference to, mm-hmm. I don't think Nathan Bartleball coming to me saying, I know, I got your back, man. I know how right. that is. It's right. going to help me at all. It's the empathy to understand that there's more. It's, it's actions. It's like you said, solidarity is not posting a thumbs up on Facebook right. or a little heart when somebody yeah. admits that they're afraid and they're frustrated. Got your yeah. back, man. Right. There's the little circle yeah. face hug in the heart like great yeah. thank you uh yeah. but it, like you said it's actions it will only take the actions of other people who can't who, who aren't having that experience to be able to say i empathize enough to still want to see the thing changed yeah mm-hmm. yeah well said well said dudes for me if you guys were cute that's a perfect time to go. that was a great discussion guys we were serious for like 45 minutes i know i'm sorry i don't i don't know what to do with this I mean, guys, I've done I've done all the thinking I could do for the week. Mm. I, I was supposed to go preach a sermon, but I think I'm going to go home and watch like the Jackass movie marathon or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just got to see some, uh, <laughs> some some back hair ripped off at high velocity. Exactly, man. I need to see somebody drinking like a warm Pabst Blue Ribbon beer on a porch somewhere, um, you know. And uh, that's that, actually, I, I take the back hair getting ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> well, said, well 
well said. Oh, no, we're doing some. We're still doing a lot of filming of the different elements, you know, ahead of time to work out the kinks. Uh, I know we were elements talk of. A is bit. it for the services? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For the. So are you guys uh, back in the building now, Greg? Or not yet? Uh, we are having uh, periodic outdoor gatherings, but are very yeah. close, guys. Very close to a tentative rollout plan. Nice. Uh, but of announcing that, but we're, we're still working through some of the, the particulars, but yeah, the 12th of July is our next, um, on the lawn, uh, yeah, on the line or on the lawn event. You know, nice. I love it cause we get to quote Vince Vaughn every single time from the internship on the line, online, on the line, <laughs> online. So and that's, that's what I need. Mean. That's all anybody right. wants, right? To quote Vince Vaughn. <laughs> the Vince Vaughn. Who doesn't wake up this morning? So I hope I get a chance to quote Vince Vaughn. Um, uh, that's what I do. But no, this is great, fellas. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And uh, Greg, we'll be in touch. Uh, you know, sometime soon, get you back on here, and we'll we'll do one a little less serious. Yeah, scratch dude. that. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk about the movies in nineteen eighty nine? Oh man, w- what you guys are doing that next week? Next week, yeah. All right, dude. Same time, roughly. Same time, same back channel. Yeah. I'll text you dudes. I'll hit you back. Let me look at that. May actually work because I, I would love to jump. Talk about that. Batman and oh, uh, what the last on. crusade and yeah. Oh, some good ones, man. Some good ones. Um, Young Einstein. Yeah. Actually, I have no yeah. idea if that came. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that was yeah. My I was eighteen, going on nineteen that summer. I remember it well. Um, yeah, but Batman, dude. Nobody was more. I was so pumped for that. Tim Burton. Um, yeah. I'll let right. you know, dudes, for sure. We'll hit you up, brother. Take Thanks care, care, fellas. Greg, have a good See one. Ya. All right. See you. You too. Bye. Uh, great conversation, Nathan. Um, we, you know, we were going to, um, you know, talk about um, this. We knew we wanted to bring it up. And actually, I, I think the conversation ended up going a lot uh, better than you and I initially thought when we were kind of texting earlier today. We were like, I don't know how much I want to really go into this without a another perspective uh there but i think you know we did a good job navigating this i do um before we before we sign off here i want to talk a little bit about um uh covid it's it's been a while i we were kind of talking that's really all we were talking about for a while when it first started um, but things are opening up again. And I just, I want to talk to you about, have you been able to go out and do dinner with the family at all and, and just kind of get out there and, and be out and, and about and, and how things are going, um, on that front, you know, with, you know, the, We've done the a little, we probably, um, I don't get into a lot of details with it. We, 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 we move out and then we end up having to move back a little bit due to various things. You know, you'll mm-hmm. find out that, so, so we're still trying to be very cautious. Part of that is because we do have people who are, I think everyone does. Everyone has people who are, who are in the vulnerable set yeah. and we kind of got maybe a little, um, cause we weren't doing crazy things, but you know, um, you, you, you advance a little bit. You start going on. We, we have, uh, we did one weekend go and it's been several weeks back now. So I think it's beyond the range. We would know if we had gotten sick, we did go, um, and we went to a restaurant and we actually, it was, uh, went over to Conrad's here and we went inside and everything. But I think looking back, I probably will back off a little bit from that. Just, you know, we, 
not necessarily right here where we are, but we are seeing some cases. It's, you know, you want to get back into things. But what we've been trying to look to do is do everything that we can do that is safe. You know, we yeah. re- I suddenly realize it's like I don't want to push buttons that are going to result in my family getting sick. There's a part of me struggles against it. Why are we doing this? Why, you know, like sure. we know why we're doing it. We know the ultimate reason we're doing it. It's not just for us. It's not just for our immediate family. And it's for, right. it, you know, we're, we're doing it for others as well, you know? Um, and so we've got to do some things. We are going to go to the drive-in movie theater. They have rearranged things. So there's multiple spaces between everybody. Um, And so I think with all of that, you get into uh, just trying to do what's what's safe. We we'd started to go to a small pool where you know when they're staying outdoor, that's relatively safe. We've backed off from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not one way. It it was kind of uh, you you pay to get in, but then you pay to become a part of a group. It's not uh, people just can't pay money and get in. So it's not a public pool in the sense people are coming in. Tons of people are coming in. So it was very. But again, trying to do things that are reasonable, it's hard because you're now into the summer. Yeah. Uh, you're working. Well, I'm, I'm still working from home. My wife is uh, doing, yeah. doing school, and so we can't spend every moment with the kids. So they end up, you know, on our electronics and stuff. And so it's like, how do you differentiate right. <laughs> the time? You yes. know, when you get to the evening, it's like we sit, we go watch a movie. So it's being creative. I was talking to, you know, we, um, Greg earlier and you as well. Like, uh, we would try to come up with creative things. We try to get games, board games, and, and see see people who we know. You know, okay, you haven't seen anybody in a while, and I know you haven't, and so we can get together and right. do what we can. So uh, we've been doing a little bit of that. We've been um, what we've do- been doing a lot of is we'll go get food. I'm actually going to do it with the kids tonight, and then go to a park or somewhere and sit. Nice. So a lot of it's just doing things that probably always used to do and just yeah. haven't done in a bit. You know, maybe yeah. getting plenty of exercise, getting out and doing things, and just trying to be. Um, engaging, we would get to some fireworks for the kids to do something for the Fourth of July, and and seeing family when it's appropriate and in the right venue. Sometimes that's standing at the edge of the driveway and right. talking to you know yeah. um, relatives from a distance, but it's still you're seeing them. So yes, yeah. How about you? Yeah, I mean things. Uh, you know, things were certainly interesting. Uh, of course, Joy and I we went down to the Outer Banks. Um, which it's almost like a different world down there because they're not, uh, or at least when we were down there, the end of May, beginning of June, they weren't strictly enforcing masks everywhere. And so some places you had to wear masks, some places you didn't, um, you know, so we were respectful of that where, you know, where they required them, we, we did and where they didn't, we didn't, um, and so we were able to spend some time with her immediate family there. Of course, that was over a month ago now. And so, you know, we're quite certain that we didn't catch anything from doing that, um, which is good. And then, you know, really our time's been consumed more with the house and everything that's been going on with that. Um, we did get a chance to, uh, you know, the Lovelaces, uh, good friends of ours, um, helped us yeah. during the moving process. And so, you know, uh, right across the street, as you know, from where we are now, we have this Chinese restaurant, Arigato's. Um, and, or a Japanese restaurant. And so we, you know, got dinner from there a couple times and just brought it back to the house and ate How here. is it? Cause I still haven't tried it. I've been meaning to. Very um, good. Very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, not only is their, um, hibachi menu excellent, but their sushi is fantastic as well. So, um, you know, a little bit, um, a little bit above what I would say chopstick is, but I would also say, um, the food's a little bit better quality than chopsticks too. 
So, oh, um, cool. Yeah. And it's, I think they give you a decent amount too. Oh, they, they from do. What I understand. Yeah. yeah. Huge, huge portions. I have no complaints whatsoever um, from them. Uh, I've ordered there now uh, two or three times and every time it's been something different and I've been happy with it. So, um, you know, really, really have enjoyed that. Um, and so things like that, you know, where we'll have family over and we'll just order food in, I will say, we had um, our aunt and uncle were over here helping us and we went to the beer hall and we ate outside. Uh, they have a nice outdoor area set up there. Where yeah, we did that as well. Distanced. We had a fun time. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and, you know, it really, it's not lost any of its charm or atmosphere being there. And so we had a great time uh, being there together, um, you know, visiting um, with my uh, brother and sister-in-law, they, they, you know, tremendous help in our moving. And so um, we spent a lot of time with them. The girls are coming up here tomorrow. Joyce is going to go out with her sister-in-law to uh, an afternoon tea. And so I'll be here um, babysitting. So, um, you know, things like that, that have really just kept us busy and, and tied to the house more than anything. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. Um, I've gone down to school a few times to work from the office, but of course I'm the only one in the office because it's summertime. So I'm really not afraid of, you know, getting anything because after everything let out, they did a huge scrub through of the building. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the summer progresses. One of my biggest things that I'm working on right now is, um, as a school administrator, what, what is it going to look like going back in the fall? And so trying to work through all those plans and preparations. But we've, we've been enjoying, um, as things have been more slowly opening up, we've been enjoying going out and experiencing more things. Um, you know, it's been nice entering a new neighborhood because people are, you know, of course, they're curious. And so we've had a lot more uh, interactions, socially distanced, obviously, with people than we have over the past uh, several months, but it's been nice meeting the neighbors, even in this time of social distancing, you know, kind of across the street, hey, how's it going? I'm your new neighbor, Um, you know, so those are really where our priorities and where our things have have landed the past uh, several weeks um, that we've been been offline. So um, definitely been an adventure. Yeah, cool. And it's, uh, we'll have to get over sometime eventually. Yeah. Now, but yeah. we will. Um, no, we're uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And we've had that conversation as well. You know, hey, we got to see if the Bartle boss can come over and, you know, even if we can do something, you know, outside on the front lawn, uh, you know. So you got yeah. a yard where my kids can set off fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we have a nice big backyard. So, yeah, they could do that. Yeah, because that's the problem here. It's like I don't want to catch another house on fire. Yeah, no, you got you got plenty of room, man. Fourth of July. Uh, well, this was uh, this was great. I'm glad we were able to get back into it. I'm looking forward to next week's summer of '89. Possibly Greg Dutch are coming back on. Uh, you know, want to remind people we are still uh, we are still very much alive. Uh, things just got postponed a little bit during um, my move because it wasn't just a move. We were doing some repairs and fixing up of the house as well. So now that we are almost all settled in, we should be recording more regularly from here on out. So uh, check us out next week, summer of 89, and then check us out in two weeks for the Lord of the Rings, the two towers. So 
Uh, Nathan, until next week, we just rock the Casbah. These go to 11.